Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Wiped off my 243 and fired up my Dodge. Headed out to my Welcome back to hour number two of Jim Strader Outdoors. If you're just joining tonight's broadcast here in the second hour, we are talking about gun control and what it uh, portends for the average citizen. And we're also talking about remedies, discussing remedies, if you will, that can stop these innocent children from being slaughtered in these gun-free zones, which are referred to a lot of times in the press as soft targets. Again, I, in the first hour, said I don't like the use of that word because they shouldn't be a target, and I think there's ways to protect these children that need to happen right away. To lead the hour off, I'm going to give you two quotes that I think speak uh, very well to the folly of taking guns away from ordinary citizens and acting gun control uh, instead of addressing the mental health issues and common sense ways to protect folks in these schools. This one comes from Benjamin Franklin. I think we can all agree he was a pretty smart fella. They that give up essential liberty to attain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. This quote comes from Senator Malcolm Wallop. He's retired senator from Wyoming. This one's pretty cogent given what's going on right now. The ruling class doesn't care about public safety. Having made it very difficult for states and localities to police themselves, having left ordinary citizens with no choice but to protect themselves as best they can, they now try to take our guns away. In fact, they blame us and our guns for crime. This is so wrong that it cannot be an honest mistake. Ponder that one for a little while. This comes from somebody that was in the system and knows the way it works. Let's go now to Stuart Ray, who's been on hold and has some thoughts on the issue. Good friend of mine. Hey, Stuart, how are you? Hey, Jim, I'm uh, good, but under these very sad and, and difficult circumstances for all of us. It is very trying times for sure. 
I also uh, find it ironic. I actually knew Senator Wallop. Uh, we used to go pheasant hunting out at his his ranch, and he was really a a brilliant senator that uh, uh, served for a long time and had great perspective on on this. You know, Jim, there's a few things that uh, one of your many of your previous callers, you and Gary, have had great insight and and comments, and I, I really do enjoy your quotes. And obviously, I'm a passionate defender of the Second Amendment and a lifelong member of the NRA, and that stirs up a lot of things. But but I think we're we're you know, I'd like to more focus on protecting our children in schools uh, because I think, uh, you know, most of us minded people believe that uh, further gun laws, gun control, removing a certain gun uh, from society, it just it's just not practical at this point. It's not realistic, and I don't think it's the answer. I, I think we need to protect the children in schools. I think those kids down there are 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 begging for it uh and and I think the citizenry is begging for it and that's got to be the primary focus. So I have kind of got a three-pointer and two of them have been previously addressed. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you uh on more armed uh protectors in schools, retired military, retired police, uh trained individuals including teachers, very trained, sufficiently trained. Uh, in 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 uh, in engaging, if that's what they have to do, but I think we need more and more people that can protect our children in a school. And I think uh, whether we pay them, I guarantee you, there's a lot of retired police and military uh, who wouldn't love to see a half dozen uh, retired grandpas from the military or police uh, armed in a school, not only influencing our children in a positive manner being a, a, a grandfatherly figure, but also uh, well, well trained in their ability to protect our children. I think that's paramount uh, to this discussion. Two is uh, metal detectors. How can we, how can we, you know, I don't like calling them gun-free zones either or soft targets, but how can we even say that without preventing arms getting into the schools? Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, you got to prevent that. And the previous callers that say that's not practical, you're right. I am on the board of the KFC Yum Center. We implemented that procedure for a variety of reasons. Uh, I'm, I'm opposed to gun-free zones myself, but uh, for a variety of reasons they did that, including even uh, who you would be able to host there, entertainers or whatever. And we're getting, you know, 20 uh, 30,000 people in in less than an hour, uh, a thousand, a couple thousand kids going into a school in, in 30 minutes would not be a problem. Uh, if, if they're well trained and sufficiently, uh, uh, executing a, 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 a metal detector. But lastly, my idea, and I'm sorry to be long winded, but I'm passionate like you guys are, is none of these things are going to be done quickly or easily. And I think that we, I think the president of the United States or the governor, depending on how uh, this would play out, should consider a school safety czar. These things need to be done tomorrow. There's great ideas, and as we used to say, low-hanging fruit that can be done to increase and improve the safety of our children tomorrow. I've got a 
13-year-old and a 16-year-old. They're going to school tomorrow. And so only can a executive order from a president or a governor do something tomorrow or maybe a week from tomorrow. But I don't think we have time. They, they are ha- happening too frequently, and, and, and I'll take a breath. Uh, what do you think about my comments, Jim? I think they're spot on. I, I love the idea about uh, the president or the governor appointing someone. They are both, thank goodness, very pro-Second Amendment individuals. And uh, it, it's time to take the bull by the horns and, and protect these children from the perpetrators. You cannot legislate citizens out of their rights under the Second Amendment and solve this problem. Correct. I, it's insanity to think so because by the very definition, these people are criminals. They don't obey the law. The law doesn't mean anything to them. And, and furthermore, take the guns away. Then you go to things like Gary's talking about, Molotov cocktails, driving trucks through parking lots, mowing down people. Those type of people, uh, unfortunately, are going to find a way. They are. And so taking away the guns, I I go to Senator Wallop's comment. It's no accident that that these folks are perpetrating something uh, through Congress and the Senate to take away our right to have guns. It doesn't solve the problem. Uh, Gary's got a list of... of, uh, things here that we hope to fit in in the program this evening about how many murders uh, occur. Well, Gary, throw out some of those figures about the true statistics that come from the crime laboratory and the FBI about how people are really killed. This comes directly from the FBI. In 2014, now that that's as far as the data has been assimilated, is up to 2014, there were 248 murders committed with rifles okay at the same time there were 660 that were done by hand either by karate blows or by fist or feet or whatever choking whatever yeah well that doesn't include choking that's just that's just done by hands as a weapon okay hands as a weapon there were five times more murders committed with knives than there were rifles. All right. Now, when you look at that statistic, I mean, we're, we're trying to legislate against a very, very minor element in today's society as far as what murders occur. Uh, on an international scale, the U.S. ranks 89th in countries for homicides. 89th. That means there are 89 countries in front of us that have more homicides than we do in the United States. And a lot of them have strict gun control laws. Oh, yes. Name some of them off there, Gary. A lot of them where the populace doesn't own any significant amount of guns. Oh, well, you can go down the list. El Salvador, Iraq, Honduras, Venezuela, Jamaica, Lesotho, Belize, South Africa, St. Kitts and Nevitas, uh, Guatemala, Trinidad. Bahamas, Brazil, Colombia. And all of them have more murders per capita than the United States. That's just going down to number 14. I mean, we've got, we are number 89. So, Stu, these things get twisted somehow. They sure do. And and these politicians are 
in my estimation, way off base by pursuing gun control. All right, folks, we got to go to break. Stuart, very, thanks very much for your comments. I think they're spot on. This break is presented by SMI Marine, 11 Port Road. Got plenty of 2017 boats that are on sale. The 2018s are in. Great pontoons, bass boats, aluminum boats. I got plenty of boats to show you for you crappie and, and uh, catfish and bluegill fishermen. Uh, they've got a huge line over there. Go see them. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors, and we're loaded on the phones. We got Jim, Frank, Leo, Scott, Jeff, and Todd. And Jim, you're the first one uh, in our rotation here, partner. What do you got for us? Hey, guys, first off, I just want to say uh, thanks for putting this subject out front and center because it's so important. And uh, just want to real quickly tell you that uh, you talk about being desensitized. I think a lot of us in the public have become desensitized to these things. You keep hearing about them on the news. and You know, you think, oh, well, that's terrible, but it's somewhere else. It's somebody else. Well, I got to tell you, man, my world changed a little bit because uh, my niece was in the commons in Marshall County High School when that happened. And uh, thank the Lord she's okay. She got out of there. But, uh, you know, it kind of brought it home. Uh, so with that said, I just want to I, I wanna tell you that uh, I totally agree with all the things, the suggestions that you and Mr. Romans have had uh, from a preventative standpoint, everything we can do to prevent these horrible actions, any anything should be tried, obviously. Uh, but uh, one point that I think that a lot of people are missing, or at least I haven't heard mentioned, and, and it's kind of surprising to me, and that's the punitive side. I, You know, I mean, God knows. Anything we could do to prevent anything like this, amen, all for it. But I think we live in a world where it's unfortunate that these things are going to happen sometimes. And, you know, you talk about these crackpot, weird, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just going to call them evil devils on earth that do these kind of things, that want their 15 minutes of of fame or attention or whatever it is. And I don't care what their reason is. There's no reason that justifies this kind of action. I don't care if it's a mental disorder or what it is. There's nothing that justifies this. My point is this. I think it's time, and, and this might be controversial or even unpalatable to a lot of people, but it's time to get medieval with these people. If, and what I'm talking about is a situation like the one in Florida where, you know, it's, it's, he's an adult. It's obvious. It's a no-brainer who did it. It's not like, oh, we think he did it. We're trying to prove it. We know who did it. Well, I he, mean, it's, he admitted you know, doing it, so. Exactly. So, you know what? I mean, you want to resensitize to make up a word, people, to how serious this is. I mean, again, this is going to upset some people, but, I mean, it's time to bring back, in cases like this, very special, odd, crazy cases, I mean, like public executions or whatever. And I know that rubs people the wrong way in this country, but guess what? 
People who do this, they there's no excuse. There's none. Mental disorder, bad childhood, I don't care. They 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 have no excuse. There is nothing that makes this all oh, well we understand that you did this. And that's this country has gone way too far down that path to say we're looking for every reason to say, Oh well you you know, you can't you can't blame this guy. I mean look what he went through. I don't care what he went through. It doesn't matter what he went through. You cannot justify an act like that no matter what has happened to you. And my point is this. If you make this, you want to make their 15 minutes of fame is going to be agony. And I tell you what, again, I'm all for stopping it. Don't get me wrong. But if it does get through all the safety nets we find, there should be a god-awful penalty to pay. And that's my thought on it. All right, Jim, I appreciate it. There is, however, as you probably realize, a law against cruel and unusual punishment that would come into the play. But I get your drift, and I'd prefer to see him DOA at the scene so we don't have to go through that. Let's go to Todd, who's calling from Cincinnati. Yes, Todd, you're up. Oh, I mean, I commend you on your fine program and your knowledgeable guest. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, in light of all the negative media co- coverage towards uh, uh, Second Amendment rights. I'll I'll say that I'm a person who has a fear of firearms and their destructive power, but I also have a fear of power tools, and I have fears of of uh, motor vehicles. But I also don't think people should be deprived of using. Them. They just need to have the proper respect and the responsible use of. But my main point I want to make is that if somebody views something as a threat to their safety or as a threat to their survival, they're not going to support the ownership of that. They're going to have a fear of it, and no amount of reasonable arguments or reasoning is going to penetrate that. And so I think that it's incumbent on people who want to preserve the Second Amendment rights to figure ways to show people that they're safer with uh, private ownership of guns and uh, their firearms. Yep, that's that's a good point, Todd. I think you. So if a, if a person views it as protecting them or uh, ensuring their survival, they'll be more motivated to. Uh, to protect those rights. Well, I got to believe that most of these children, if they had armed guards at the schools, if they had metal detectors, they would feel a whole lot safer when they got down to book work. And that's, yes. that's I think, needs to be the point of this debate at this point yes. in time because there's too many wackos out there looking to perpetrate violence. I, yes. I hate to use that term, but, I mean, they're wackos. We're not going to figure yes. out how they think or what motivates them we're we're normal they're abnormal yeah well we have to we have to also look at the people who are kind of against private gun ownership and see the reasons why they're against it and why they don't understand that it's a, a great value to us and that we're giving up something that's important and valuable we're not just giving up something that's uh negative exactly todd thank you very much for your comments we got to go to break here folks this break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Paul Thomas has loads of listings. 
of farms and wildlife management properties and cabins on lakes and streams. Check them out at mophartrealty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers five seven one eighty four eighty four or one eight hundred four 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 eighty four eighty four. Let's go now to Jeff, who's calling from Louisville, who's been on hold. Yes, Jeff. Jimmy, there. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm just wondering if anybody has investigated whether that shooter was a uh, crack baby or a. The both mother was a uh, his was perhaps a you know raging alcoholic or a, someone who I, I just got the impression it, it might be might have been profoundly damaged before he come out even come out of the birth canal. I mean, and, and I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. But if they're trying to find the reasons for that, the reasons for this, I think I think this could be you know one of the reasons. Uh, you know, and I, I think I think you and Gary are right that we're. Now, our culture isn't giving the kids enough uh, wholesome entertainment. Um, now, I don't, I don't think the culture's giving them the message that sometimes you just don't do something. You know, sometimes you just don't do something because it's just you just don't do it. It's just it's just not the right thing to do. You know, I don't think they get that, that message a lot enough. But uh, I want to respectfully disagree with you and Gary about the. About the video games, and I only disagree with that because of the numbers. For example, if you take the if you take the gross sales of movie tickets in the United States, I mean, everybody who bought a went to the theater movie theater last year, the gross revenue was about eleven billion dollars. But if you take the gross revenue of a, a video games, it's about four times that. It's about it's about forty something billion dollars is how much people spent on video games last year. So it makes me think that there are so many out there, so many video games out there. They must be spending that much money on it. But if it were the video games that caused this, that there would be a lot more of them. Is what I'm thinking, and that that's just my two cents worth. But I don't know, just one. Well, one's too many. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. where do you want me to go with that logic? Two, three, five? Uh, you're right. Most people are not going to engage in that kind of behavior just because they saw that. But the flip side of that coin is by seeing that and becoming desensitized, some of these deranged individuals will get to the point where they think that's okay, that that's some kind of normal behavior is my point. Yeah, I, I know. I, I'm... I'm... I wouldn't say you're wrong. I think I think it, I think it could contribute to it, but I don't think it's the major. I don't think it's a big contributor. Is all I'm saying. That, that's, but uh, well, I disagree with you, but that's fine. <laughs> but but I'm also going to point out that when you make when you when you make somebody or you you keep somebody from making a video game, you're also taking away some of their liberties. You're taking away their freedom to do that. And and I'm not trying to. I guess I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here. I understand. I understand. Let me ask you a question as devil's advocate. Would you allow your children to watch that kind of video game? I didn't. No. No. Okay. My wife did. My ex-wife did, yeah. I, I see. did not. No, I refused to let them get the games. Okay. Well, that, I guess that's 
where we can agree and move on, okay? Thanks, sir. I appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to Jeff next, if we may. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, are you there? Jeff, you there? Okay, sorry about that. Uh, let's go to Scott, who's calling from West Virginia. How you doing today? Listening to you on an old restored tube radio, coming in loud and clear. Very good, sir. Glad you're aboard. What have you got for us? Um, I had a dry race board here in front of me while I was on all these hard breaks and everything, and I ran out of room. Uh, I'll just get right to the point. Um, there's an unintended byproduct called these uh, shootings in churches and schools, which a certain uh, group of people which have inf- infiltrated in the Democratic Party are actually kind of looking down on and hate to say it, but they're smiling on it because it's in line with their their mode of operation to fundamentally transform our nation from the inside out. Now, back to you, I'll ask you, uh, you might have a couple more years on me. I don't know. You sound real knowledgeable. Uh, the problems that we're having today to the magnitude uh, that we're at right now in this particular decade, uh, do you recall or is there any information you recall about it being equally as bad in the 1940s, yes or no? No. 50s? No. 60s? No. 70s? No. Nineteen eighty-seven. I sat there watching Oprah Winfrey, and I just about crapped because I heard something I never thought I'd hear. My mother sitting there watching Oprah Winfrey interview a child. He was successfully engaging himself in a lawsuit to his parents because the parents had whipped him. Now the war on schools. The war on schools happened in the 90s. What happened in the 90s? Outsourcing NAFTA to the point that both parents had to work, to the point that now it was really uh, just as equally important to say, well, with combined incomes, we make $70,000 a year uh, because both parents work. Well, mom has to want to, the little ticker goes off. She needs to have kids. I get that. And then we have children. But she knows I've got to get those kids in some sort of state-funded care system as soon as possible. Let someone else raise them. I've got to work. I've got to work. I've got to work. Who's taking care of my kids? Well, they're at daycare. He's two and a half years hey, old. Hey, Scott. Scott, yeah. bottom line where you're going is society family has been unit. degraded and the family unit uh, shot. Real, real quick, the prob- I've heard your solves. It sounds good. I'm hearing people talk about reasons, but not a single person out there. And I hope the listeners are listening real close. The root cause analysis is the planned fundamental breakdown by the same group of people running the Me Too movement, the same group of people running the feminist movements across the country to eliminate guns. It's all about the socialist, progressive, communist, leftist, liberal feminists who hate the military naturally. They hate the flag. They need to see us become like England. And we ran from that country to come here. And I don't mind if one day we have to stand up to these people. And that's all I got. I hope it never comes to that. And I'd hate to think that the leadership uh, is behind some of these uh, instances which you referred to. However, there are folks in Congress and in the Senate and in leadership that are certainly willing to take advantage of those situations. I will give you that. Let's go to Leo, who's calling from Bardstown. Yes, Leo. Yes, sir. How you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Contentious Good. issue and very problematic, but... Uh, hey, this might not be the best choice of words, but 
my fellow hunters will understand it. I got an idea uh, that we can kill two birds with one stone. Uh, uh, let's just take the colleges, especially. Uh, we we've got. Uh, police officers that are retiring after 20 years and they're just 40 years old. They want to advance their uh, careers. Give them free education in the colleges and require them to wear their uniforms and their gun to class. Okay? It didn't cost the ta- it saves the taxpayers money. They didn't have to hire nobody. Save the save the police officer money because he didn't have to pay for education. But we never hear of a shooting where there's a bunch of people or, or a group of individuals that's carrying a gun. So so look what we've achieved. We've educate we've we've furthered the education of that guy that that wants to. Uh, uh, advance his education in the in the law enforcement didn't cost us nothing, but he was there to protect the people that didn't want to carry a gun. Uh, you know, I'd like to say a lot more, but I, I well, Leo, uh, that that idea has some merit. The only thing I would add is uh, they need to be properly vetted. They need to be uh, screened, if you will. Uh, sure. Make sure they're the right individuals, but, but if they, if I get they already it. had twenty years of service. They already been vetted, I, so I, it didn't cost no extra money to do it. Yep, <laughs> I get it. It's probably a good Very idea. Good idea. All right, hey, thank hey. you, sir. All right, all right. Let's go to uh, Frank, who's calling from Louisville. Yes, Frank, you're up. Hello, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Um, first off, I just want to let you know uh, I really appreciate your show. I listen to you every single week, and uh, bless your heart. <laughs> I, I agree. Well, it, and it's going to sound funny. I don't own a rifle. I don't own a pistol. Don't want to own a rifle or a pistol. I am a member of the NRA, and uh, I just want to say that if our government ever started chipping away at our Second Amendment rights. I would be at Gary Roman's store in the morning. Well, good for you. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All thank right. You. I thank you very, very much. Um, we got to go to break here. I'm going to leave you with a thought going to break. This comes from George Mason, co-author of the Second Amendment during Virginia's convention to ratify the Constitution. I ask, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people. To disarm the people is the best and most effectual way to enslave them. All right, folks, we're going to break here. It's presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road, just north of the Gene Snyder. Loads of new boats, used boats, crappie fishing boats, bass fishing boats, pontoons, you name it, they got it. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. We're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers tonight, if you'd like to make a comment, 571-8484-1-800-444-8484. Let's go to Steve. He's calling from Woodford County. Yes, Steve, you're up. Hey, Jim. Good evening. How are you all doing? Doing well. 
Great. Um, hey, I'm one of these that have listened to your show for a long, long time, probably 15 or more years, and tonight's the first time that I've ever called, but I, this uh, subject matter got me riled up enough to call. Very good. Um, Welcome aboard. We're glad to have you. Um, I wanted to share some information with you all just to put the topic of armed guards or armed personnel in school, to put that into perspective. Um, have you all ever heard of a school in the Washington, D.C. area called Sidwell Friends School? No, sir, I have not. Have you, Gary? No, sir. It, Neither of us have heard of it. Okay. It, it, you can Google it and find out about it. It is a very exclusive school. It's uh, elementary through uh, high school in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, a very elite and exclusive school. Uh, and I got this information not from some right-wing website. I got it from their website about 30 minutes ago. All right. They the, have an app. Their website an being app. the school's website? Exactly. Okay, go ahead. And they have an on their website. It says they have an average annual student enrollment of about one thousand one hundred and forty-five students. Two hundred ninety-five in elementary, three hundred fifty in middle school, and about five hundred in high school. I looked in the staff directory of that on their website, and how many? Security officers. Now they actually they actually refer to them as special police officers, which would imply to me, it, since they're using that terminology rather than security officer, uh, they're using the terminology special police officer. That would imply to me that they probably have the power of arrest if they're using that terminology. How many special police officers would you, and I would guess they would be armed also if they're using that terminology. How many special police officers would you guess that that school has? And by the way, that's where Barack Obama's daughters went. I was going to say, I, let worked. me guess who goes to school there. Yeah, the sons and daughters of congressmen and senators. Yeah. Yeah, David Gregory, the previous disgraced NBC host, it's where his children went. Guess how many special police officers they have at that school with an average annual enrollment of 1,145 children? I would not hazard a guess. Fifteen. Okay. That That is one per 76 kids. Hmm. Okay. So well. the... I think that right there says it all. It's good enough for them. They need that. And, of course, Obama's kids, and rightly so, would have had a Secret Service detail protecting them as well, which would obviously be appropriate. But the hypocrisy of that, that for our elite private school, we're going to have 15 special police officers. Well, look at the number. For 1,145 kids. But it's, it's, a, it's a crazy idea. For people like you and me and Gary to think that that uh, the, the presence of a few armed, properly trained individuals in a public school setting is crazy. Well, <laughs> but yet they have a one in seventy-six ratio in their own environment. Yep. Well, it shows you the hypocrisy and, and points to the question of why they want to disarm us. It's not about what they say, in my opinion. So, Steve, a uh, great. Point of reference, and I appreciate you sharing that with us, partner. Yes, sir. Have a good evening. Yes, sir. Let's go to Richard from Shelbyville. Yes, Richard. 
Hey, I'm here. All right. What have you got? Yo, speakerphone. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We got three minutes. Okay, great. Okay, uh, some quick points. I've been in um, the concealed carry um, community for. I'm, I'm working on my third license right now, and it was in my third class. Uh, great instructor. Um, but he pointed out something I never thought about. Expose the bad guy. Pull out a gun. You may shoot him first. You don't touch. He's laying on the ground. He's moaning. And you're standing there when the police show up with your weapon. Who looks like the bad guy? And who looks like the victim? I know he's not that before. Um, I thought not. Richard, I'm having a real hard time understanding you. You're breaking up. You're breaking up real badly. Oh. Am I? I taught at the university for 38 years. I was like probably the only person in our college that can still carry, and I couldn't take it on campus. But thank God, students that came back from Afghanistan and Iraq, former Army guys, they carried. On campus, they said, "I'm going to be without my weapon." So, there's, there's. I think it's people who say, get, "Let the teacher get the concealed carry, and then let them take it in the classroom." No, that should be just the entry point. They got to do a lot of training after that. Okay, Richard, thank you so much for calling. We're up against break here, folks. I really have enjoyed all your comments tonight. Uh, I think it shed a lot of light on the common sense that many of us out here bring to this argument. I hope it's one that is put out there in Washington and other places because we've got to solve this problem for the children's sake. And this, you know, should the populace be armed or not, is really not germane to the issue. It's protection of these kids. And I know all of you that have called in have that in your heart, and I applaud you for it, and I hope – Tonight's discussion has been informative for you. You can check us out during the week on Facebook. It's Jim Strader Outdoors. That's where during the week I talk about things to keep you abreast of situation as we're off the air. On air, you know where to get us. We're up on podcast, and you can hear us on iHeartRadio. God bless, everybody. Good night, all. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.